the over, I think the overarching sort of benefit there is a sense of agency over your life, which doesn't mean control. It's different to control, right? It's a sense of like, I am empowered to choose the way I'm going to respond and experience life, even when it's hard. And when you feel that, when you feel that you are co-creating life, and I'm not talking about manifestation. So if you're like tuning out because you think it sounds woo, like stay with me because I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about, yes, shit happens, but you get to choose how you meet it. Hey, hey, welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Tan. And this show is all about human performance. And performance means different things to different people. So I want to make sure that I cover as many different topics that help you get the best out of yourself. I chat with athletes, health experts, coaches, scientists, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things. We chat about all the best tips, tools, and strategies to help you get the best out of yourself and discover your extraordinary potential. And today on the show, I welcome back my beautiful friend, the extraordinary Caitlin Katie. This episode, I have to say, is probably one of my favorites. It was one of those things where when I started to listen back over it, I just, firstly, I was so proud and so inspired by Caitlin and her beautiful words because they always inspire me but also it just made me realize that you know we need to hear these things not just once but we need to hear them over and over again and the reason for that is well because we're human and we forget things and because we have human experiences and sometimes they're not that great and sometimes they're amazing but at the end of the day just like we do a meditation just like we head to the gym just like we sleep every night just like we have nutritious food to keep us going and thriving we need to be nurturing our mind nurturing our soul, believing in ourself and all the extraordinary and awesomeness that is within us. And so this conversation really helped remind me of all of that. It's a beautiful conversation. And of course, it's such a laugh because Caitlin is also very funny as she is bright and beautiful and humble. And so I'm really excited for you to hear this episode so let's dive straight in with this conversation with Caitlin Katie. Caitlin Katie, welcome back to the show. I bloody love having you on. <laughs> oh, well, that makes two of us. I love having me on too. It's so fun to spend time with you. And I like love that I keep getting invited back. I'm like, this is the yeah. best. It's just so we can chat and have these ridiculously fun conversations. I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Long may it last. Today, we are talking about your favorite subject, meditation, and the thing that pretty much saved my sanity way back in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I've told, I, I've told 
you some of this story. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you all of it. <laughs> so here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, I feel like I'm about, I'm like settling in for one of those yeah. like e like entertainment behind the scenes story. <laughs> exactly. Let me Strap get in. my popcorn. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So everyone knows that 2020, besides being a shitstorm, for me was pretty awful. And I was, you know, when it really hit in the thick of it, I was getting heart palpitations several times a day. Uh, I was pretty much down all the time and a lot of nights would cry myself to sleep. And it, and at that stage I had already been diagnosed with, um, I don't know if it's a diagnosis, but yeah, anyway, I've got uh, a multi-nodular goiter, which is just cysts or nodules in the thyroid. And when this started happening and it started getting worse and worse, I thought I've got to do something because already my hormones are all over the place. I don't want to make the thyroid any worse. I'm <laughs> The heart palpitations are the most awful experience. And I remember I decided I needed to do something. And at that stage, I didn't know what it was that I should do. And I remember I was in Dimmicks in Adelaide. And at that stage, it was the old Dimmicks. Um, and I was upstairs and walking in, a, in, the, in the self, is it motivation and, and yeah, self-help kind of aisle. And there was this beautiful book. And if you're anything like me, you judge a book by its cover. <laughs> and this one, heavily meditated, just jumped out at me and I had to pick it up. And literally, like I flicked through it. I didn't really read much of it. I flicked through it. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting this. And I took it home and that night I pretty much pretty much went through the entire book just devouring wow. it and uh, and I remember doing meditation for the first time and and that it would have been it would have been an evening meditation and the next day I got through the day and, and I remember thinking holy shit I haven't had a heart palpitation wow and that for me was the day I was converted to a meditation goer, <laughs> yes. junkie, um, and so, and so you got me there. Well, you got you there. You know, you did. You, you held you. my hand well, without literally doing that. I love that. I love hearing that because that's, you know, that's exactly how I want that book to feel. Mm. And, you know, but you, you did the work, you know, you had the instinct to go, something needs to change. Mm. And I think a lot of people want transformation, but they don't want to change. And so it takes a lot of willpower and determination to go I'm I'm willing to actually I'm willing to change 
and, and to, and to implement those changes in your life. So well done you. Mm. Um, because that's, that's what happens is you just, I think there's a quote from Elizabeth Gilbert where she says like, I've never seen a personal transformation that didn't begin with someone finally getting tired of their own bullshit. Yeah. And I just, I love, well, you know, I love Liz Gilbert so much, but I just, that quote is just so true, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to reach a point where you're like, I, I, I can't, can't live like this anymore. Yeah. And ultimately it comes down to you being willing to make a change. Absolutely. And, and the, another thing on that is, you know, it doesn't have to get that shit either to make change. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, I mean, that was such an awful place to be. And I feel like, unfortunately, because it was so awful, mm-hmm. the, it, the difference between the two was really noticeable, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be in that place to get, get a noticeable change. Like it doesn't have to be that way either. No, it doesn't. I mean, I think you and I both have those stories where it was like, Oh, this is pretty sure this is like rock bottom. Mm. Um, and it felt like the only, at, at least for me, meditation was kind of like my last resort. Cause it was something yeah. I had a, a mighty resistance to. And so it was kind of like the last thing on the list, literally I was like, all right, well, if I do this, then I can say I've tried everything. Exactly. Um, but you're right. I mean, hopefully there are some people out there who are a little bit like wiser and more flexible and less stubborn than, yeah. than you and I may have been. And they <laughs> exactly. don't have to reach that point before That's going, sweet. you know, I'd like to, um, I'd like to make some positive change, but you know, part of it is just like the momentum of life too, right? And if we, that's part of the power of meditation, I think in general as a practice is that it's a, it creates a pause, an internal pause where we step out of the momentum of our lives and we can kind of pull over and reassess like on a daily basis, like, how am I feeling? What do I need today? And what's happening? And am I moving in the right direction? And how am I using my energy? And how am I using my attention? And when you do that regularly, you're less likely to end up at the end of a dead end road with a broken down truck going, how did I get here? Which is sort of what it felt like for me when I was like, okay, like, you know, meditation was like the NRMA. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll bloody call you. Yeah. Right. Like I had no other option. I had no No, other. Yeah. There was nothing else. Mm. So by doing a practice, regularly where you're stepping out of that momentum and sort of re re sort of orienting yourself and going am I you know how am I how am I feeling how am I you know how am I experiencing life and giving yourself those check-ins then you're also I think less likely to end up at a place where like that again absolutely yeah so because you got the tool now to get yourself out of it yeah. yeah. Well, and just the, even the practice, like of just checking in with yourself, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, sure. There's a million benefits to meditation, but I think maybe the most important one is just like being with yourself and checking in and, and pausing. Absolutely. But it's so funny how and interesting that pausing for some is a, also a really scary place to be. Yeah, because that means feeling and being yeah. in it. Yeah. Well, there's 
I think there's two aspects of stillness and silence that are really frightening for us and difficult to enter into. The first one is, yeah, you have to be with yourself, right? I think, I think Annie Lamott wrote, um, my mind is a bad neighborhood. I don't like to go there alone um, or something. I might be butchering it, but I love that. Yeah. Uh, that quote. And I think that's how most people feel is like, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts and feelings because it's generally not a nice neighborhood. Um, unless you're kind of, you know, just a positive person naturally, which I think most of us aren't. Mm. Um, so there's that aspect is like, oh, I've got to sit with all of what's there. I've got to be with it. I've got to relate to it. I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. That's how most of us feel at that, at that juncture. So there's that, but then there's the other aspect I, t- I think too, which is less of an individual issue and more of a cultural issue, which is just that we have been conditioned to resist rest and stillness and silence and emptiness in every way possible. So for you to actually step out of the momentum of consumption and achievement and perfectionism is a huge act of resistance. So it takes courage. And I don't think that's often acknowledged, right? Is that it is counterculture it's, it's a, it goes against the culture to sit down and be still and be quiet and quote, do nothing. Mm. And that's not your fault. That's, that's the culture that you grew up in and that's toxic. Completely. Right. So I think it's important to acknowledge that it's not just you being, a, it's not a personal failing. Mm. It's, it's actually asking you to go against what you've been conditioned to do for your entire life exactly you know what I find interesting oh go on I just want to add sorry Jackie yeah I just want to add though like as much as we resist that place that place is also like where all the gold is right so like once Mm -hmm. you once you kind of get through like oh this bad neighborhood like I hate this place this is terrible I don't want to be here first you have to like move through the resistance, actually go to the bad neighborhood. Then you've got to be in the bad neighborhood, right? But actually the bad neighborhood is like not a bad neighborhood at all, right? When you start reorienting yourself to stillness and and you start kind of managing your thoughts and managing your perspective on the circumstances of your life and start to tune into the essence of who you actually are and the truth of who you actually are, that is where you find a sense of wholeness and worthiness and peace and self-trust. Like all the shit that we're out in the world looking for, busy, 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 looking for, hustling for, it's actually there. <laughs> so that's the sort of paradox of it is like we're running circles around avoiding the place where we can actually find everything that we're looking for. I think we could leave it at that. <laughs> it's just like, Okay. <laughs> perfect in a nutshell (laughs) yes and you said like yeah perspective and our perception of everything um is all in that place and the stories we create all just live there yeah but who put them there right 
And why do we need them? Right. We did don't. you, did you find that through your practice that you were able to change that you were able to connect with that understanding of like, you can't always change the circumstances of your life, but you can change how you're relating to them. Did you, have you found that through a regular practice that you've been able to relate to the things that happen in your life in a different way? Yes, but that journey was slower for me. Yeah. Because I was just so caught up in myself and my shit. So that for me probably probably the last 18 months for me, mm-hmm. I'm finding that. How, how do you feel like that has changed your life? Well, it's helped me to, like we've said, pause and take stock of the situation. And it's helped me reflect on seeing something objectively for what it is and then what bias that I have and the stories that I'm telling myself based on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to, yes, yeah, stop for a moment and figure out what it is either that I'm feeling, that I'm thinking and what I'm telling myself, mm-hmm. what is actually true, mm-hmm. what is controllable, and then um, and then does it matter? Mm. And the reason I say that is because there's been a few things lately that I've just, you know, just silly things that I'm doing wrong or saying or forgetting. I'm doing a lot of forgetting. (laughs) But in the biggest scheme of things, whilst I am so annoyed at myself, like, does it actually matter? Like, did that thing in that moment, was it really that important that you put all your time and energy into it? And then at the end of the day, it either didn't happen or something happened um, or you said something this way, like, does it matter? So it's definitely like my journey has been sort of that up and down. Yes, there's been reactions and reactive states, but I've, you know, I've, I've actually witnessed that in myself now. I'm able mm-hmm. to see that. So mm-hmm. there's that self-awareness to go in that situation, you reacted like this, Um was that the best way to react was what was the reason for that? And um, yeah, how to move forward in a situation like that again, you know, how, how do you want to be reacting or responding um, in that situation again? So I'm definitely more able to sit with it and process it. Mm. Yeah, that's, well, that's equanimity, right? It's that balanced internal state. It's that ability to be even-minded and mm-hmm. um, and that allows us to stay with what's happening instead of just dipping out or, um, or avoiding, right? Or just reacting. It lets us... Uh, see things as they are, right? It gives us that perspective. It creates this, a pause again, a micro pause between like you and the thing that's happening of going like, oh, how do I want to respond to this instead of just mm-hmm. reacting to yeah. things, right? Um, but what I think, wait, I'm going to say one more thing, forgiveness, like that, that's that sense of permission 
and self-forgiveness of like, that's okay. You know, like you're human. It's okay. You're not perfect. Nobody is right. That, that sense of tenderness with yourself as well. But the over, I think the overarching sort of benefit there is a sense of agency over your life, which doesn't mean control. It's different to control, right? It's a sense of like, I am empowered to choose the way I'm going to respond and experience life, even when it's hard. And when you feel that, when you feel that you are co-creating life, and I'm not talking about manifestation. So if you're like tuning out because you think it sounds woo, like stay with me because I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about, yes, shit happens, but you get to choose how you meet it. Mm -hmm. And that is a much more empowering place to be than just feeling like you're getting bulldozed by the hard shit that happens as adults, like, and sometimes as children, right? Um, and I think that that sense of agency is so empowering and it extends to so many different aspects of life where you kind of go like, yeah, okay, like things are going to come my way, but like, how am I going to handle it? How am I going to meet it? And what tools do I have to support myself through this? And that is, I think, how you want to move through life right? Is the ability to like alchemize your experiences into something from something hard and often ugly into something beautiful and valuable and something that you can even offer others as a bomb for their own experiences. Exactly. And you say agency and in, in my mind, I go ownership. It's Mm -hmm. one and the same, I guess. And the other thing about that is, you know, you're, you, you are able then to have trust in yourself. Yes. Boom. Yes. It's like you were in my brain with me. I love that. Yeah. It's so true. That's exactly right. That's That's where I want to be, Caitlin, (laughs) your brain. All up in my brain, peace. (laughs) Love that place. Um, yeah. And so the need to rely on external yeah. circumstances yeah. or um, situations to yeah. whether it is to be happy or find joy. I mean, you, you eliminate that because you've, you know, then you've got it all within you. Yes. And you start making choices from a place of wholeness or Mm. self-trust or like a knowing that you are resilient. Yes. And that builds, it's sort of like cultivating a relationship with, I mean, your highest self, right? Like your best self. And that's part of what is happening also in meditation is that you're quieting all the noise Mm -hmm. so that you can hear, hear that voice, that you can hear the voice of. Exactly of, of the, you know, whatever you want to call it, if it's your highest self or your best self or that inner guide, you can hear that voice and you can start to be in conversation with it. Um, and I know that that might sound a little, (laughs) when I'm hearing myself say that, I'm like, talk to yourself inside of your own head. It's like that, that maybe doesn't sound like mental I talk to myself out loud. So (laughs) I do too. 
all the time. But <laughs> I think everyone knows, right? We've all heard that voice in us that's gone, hey, do this or don't do this. And sometimes it's like little itty bitty things. But the more that you can tune in and listen and go, okay, I hear you. And I'm going to act on that. The more that you hear that and you act on it, you hear it from that place of I'm not reacting, I'm responding. Then you also start to build that sense of self-trust in your own ability to make decisions and heed your own guidance. And that changes your life in huge ways. So there's kind of like multiple forms of self-trust, right? Like the resilience, but also the like, I actually have a really wise advisor within myself that instinctively knows what to do. Yes. And honestly, sometimes it's like pack an extra water bottle for the kid or like, I don't know, just dumb little things that seem so dumb. But when you practice like responding to that little voice about the little things in life, then I think you start to be able to hear it about the, the things that the, the bigger things, right? That is, <laughs> you've literally explained something that happened to me last night, oh, which I didn't oh. listen to the voice either. Uh, can you tell us what it was? Of course. <laughs> so I went to a fringe show. and I Which I now know is a festival you... <laughs> in Adelaide. <laughs> exactly. Explain that to me. Come to perform. I was like, is it a festival where everyone gets like bangs cut? You know, like. <laughs> Exactly. Everyone in Adelaide Not is that just kind of friend. Rock and bangs. Um, so I went to a show and I was even talking to a client that day and she was saying she was going to see, I think it was Ed Sheeran, um, and, you know, it's going to be cold and it's going to be raining and so, you know, need a rug up. And I get home from work and we're getting ready to go and my brain goes, I should really bring a jacket. And then I just, I didn't, I didn't bring, I didn't bring the um, appropriate jacket. Mm -hmm. I bought a jacket. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the jacket that is going to protect me from the rain that came down. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So, and there are so many times where I've not listened to that little voice. Yeah. And I don't know, like, why? You're not wasting time. It's not like. Do you know what I mean? It's just the weirdest thing at times. You just yeah, shoo no, it I aside. Think... Say that again? You just shoo it aside. It yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. And why is that, I wonder? Why do I you think? I, I've, I don't know because it's. I've caught myself a few times doing that, those smaller decisions. Yeah. Bring the jacket. Bring the umbrella. You're now walking in the rain because you will, you didn't take like 30 seconds to walk back down the hall. Yeah. Yeah. Walk back out. I wonder if it has something to do with like, again, that momentum. Ooh. Right. Like that. Um, because it pausing is a practice. Yeah. Right. And so like pausing long enough to go, huh? Okay. I hear that voice. Um, instead of it's like passing someone in the hallway versus stopping and looking them in the eye. Good one. Yeah. Um, Because I do, I think that it's like if you pay attention more to that voice of, you know, that guidance that you get about things that seem so, okay, well, who cares? Like, okay, Mm. bad luck. She got caught in the rain. Well, 
it's actually fascinating if you kind of like gamify it and you're like, every time I get a ping like that this week, I'm going to answer it. And you will be like stunned at how often you're right <laughs> about funny little things. Yeah. But like we are animals. Mm. We have instincts. And so there's some part of us that is, is able, I think, to like just just intuit. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that is like something that is known to be sort of like a benefit of meditation is building, building intuition. Um, and that is what, when you trust yourself, right? Like that builds, that builds up a relationship with yourself where you have less self-doubt, but you also have more trust in life. Mm -hmm. You know? So yeah, that's your, I think like that's a great little exercise to do if people at home want a little play along. Yeah. It's like every day this week, just listen to that thing, that voice that says pack an extra water bottle or bring the rain jacket or, you know, make sure that you put the dog outside before you, whatever, all these little things that seem really inconsequential. Notice how often you are right. Yeah. Because it's happening. Homework. <clears throat> I don't know if people have ever said this to you, but they certainly say it to me that they don't, they, how do they say it? They don't know um, how you could pack that much awesomeness into one person. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> Probably people say to you, Jackie, <laughs> like, how did they get so much goodness? to the square inch in that human being is my mom and dad yeah <laughs> they did a great job they did but what I was going to say <laughs> is that they 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 don't they're not good at meditating so yeah. they don't start right <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm like that that doesn't even make sense yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean when did you I mean, you were never good at walking, mm -hmm. but you learned that. Yeah. And driving. And what about your career? You didn't just go into your career being the best. Right. <laughs> like, where did we get this idea that we had to be good at something to start something? Yeah. Well, what I say to people is you're not special in that way, friend. <laughs> no one is good at meditation. Okay. So where did that come from? That comes from perfectionism. We don't want to try things we're not good at, right? That we aren't, we don't want to even give it a go. But it's also like, have you ever heard someone be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to a Pilates class or whatever, but I'm going to, I got to stretch first. And then in like totally. three weeks, then I'll go. Like, why? Yeah. Um. So it's that, this sort of, I think this perfectionistic mentality. Um. I do think that meditation has a PR problem. Like I think that people have a lot of like misconceptions about what it is and what it's for and how you do it and what kind of prerequisites there are, which are basically just like you have a brain and you have thoughts. So do you have those two things? Terrific. Then you can meditate because that's all that it is. It's working, you know, in its initial stages, like sure there's deeper, deeper sort of options on the menu once you get into it. But initially it's just about 
relating to your thoughts and directing your attention, right? So I love Sally Kempton, who's an amazing meditation teacher. She talks about it as doing meditation sit-ups. So you're just Mm -hmm. doing reps, right? You're just bringing your attention back to the focal point over and over and over again. And so therefore you need to have thoughts to be able to do meditation because initially that is the goal is just being able to direct your attention. And if you didn't have that point of resistance, which is the thoughts, then there's no, there's no repetition there. Right. So I think that little insight can help people go, Oh, okay. I thought I had to be quiet. Like I thought I, I needed a quiet mind to be able to do it. That's one of the most common misconceptions about meditation. I also think that we have to talk about resistance um, and the resistance to like the example I, I gave of like, oh, I'll go to Pilates when I have, when my hamstrings are more flexible. Uh, I'll start meditating when my mind is quieter or I'm feeling less stressed or any of these things. This is such a juicy topic, right? Because it's like, well, you, there's no prerequisite. This is your own journey. So there's no benchmark that you need to reach before you're ready to do this. So stop making it a competition and let it just be a journey for you of one person. And so therefore it doesn't matter if you can do a headstand, go to the bloody yoga class, right? It doesn't matter if your hamstrings are inflexible, go to Pilates. Like if, if you have a busy mind or you're feeling stressed, start meditating. It's this whole idea that we need to be at a certain point or that it's a competition that goes against the whole premise of these practices. Self-improvement, self-revelation is about the self. It's not about all the other folks and what their brains and hamstrings and headstands are doing. It's about you. So I think that there's that. But then I also think that like any time that we are looking something in the eye that has the power to change our lives, the brakes come on, right? And that voice of resistance shows up, says, you can't do this. You don't know how to do That's not for you. And that's okay. And what I've learned in my life so far is that every time resistance shows up, it tells me that I'm onto something, right? And I've, I've probably even said that on your podcast before, Jackie, because it's like so damn true that I'm going to just keep saying it from the rooftops as many times as I can, because we have to reframe the way that we're seeing resistance. We think it's bad. It's actually great because whatever, whenever resistance shows up and you can look back on your own life and see this, and I'm not talking about like a gut instinct that said this thing wasn't right. Talking about that voice that go, that starts talking shit and saying, you're not good enough for this thing, or you don't know how to do it, or it's not for you. That voice, which is different than the voice of your highest self, right? Or your intuition or whatever you want to call it. When resistance starts talking shit, it's like, that's what stands in in between you and this next expansion of yourself. Always. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 In fact, I'm going through it right now. (laughs) With, with, with my retirement. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, like what is, tell us about how that feels and like how you've been able to work with that. I'm working through it. Um, so 
it's it's oh there's so many layers to it so I feel very anxious um and scared because well I feel those things right so immediately the way I would deal with it is by running away and not thinking about it and of course that's not the way to move through (laughs) it's like sit in the feelings and why do you actually feel like that so I did that work and what I came to was I'm scared mm-hmm. that I won't be as good as uh, whatever's next mm-hmm. as I was a massage therapist or am as a massage therapist. And the part that scares me the most is I I had such big goals and dreams for massage and the business and I never felt like I achieved that. And so if I can't achieve those goals, being as good as I am was, however you want to say it, how will I ever be as good and achieve any dream in anything else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, I guess like the first question is like, is it true? Like, were you not successful? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's like something we have to do is look Mm. back and go, Oh, is that true? Mm. No, it's not true. And usually that voice, that inner critic is just full of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So first of all, that's not true. (laughs) Second of all, don't you also feel like um, you want to live a brave life? Yes. And that's why you're doing it, right? Yes. I think that that ability to go, I hear you, voice of fear of failure, Um which by the way is a form of perfectionism. Instead of letting you paralyze me, I'm going to get out here and try this thing because I want to live a brave life and I want my life to be an experiment and an adventure and Mm -hmm. an evolution. So if you want to do all of those things, you have to be willing to like put yourself out there and be vulnerable. And that's hard. But you can also look back on your life and go, have I done things before where I was afraid to do them? Mm. Yeah. So can I trust myself that I'm going to be okay? Whatever happens on this next adventure? Yes. Does it mean everything's always going to work out and that you're never going to experience, you know, quote failure? No, but it means that like, you're out there giving it a go, being brave and experimenting and like living the biggest life possible. I don't mean like, you know, reaching millions of people necessarily or whatever, like being famous, but this idea of like being out here with your heart out, showing up, giving, right? And also I think like the the the, the failures, even the, even the failures that we have in life are just like evidence that we're out here being brave because you cannot fail if you don't try. So I would rather try and fail than never try. Cause I see a lot of people in the world right now 
sitting on their hands because they're afraid to fail. What a bunch of bullshit. Like, get out here. Because here's the other thing. I'm going to say one more thing and then I'll shut up. But I feel like people forget that by you sitting on your hands, shit talking yourself and saying, oh, what you have isn't good enough. You don't know if you're denying someone out in the world of the gifts that you have to share. So by sitting with your own self-doubt, you're being selfish because you have no idea who out in the world might be positively impacted by what you have to give. However imperfect it is, you have no idea, right? And like, let's make it really tangible. Do you think I had times when I was making my first book that I was like, this is shit? Of course I did. Who am I to do this? And that, that was such a gratifying experience of like going, um, Ooh, there's that resistance showing up. This must, I must be onto something here. Okay. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get that, you know, I'm going to publish that book. And the fact that it helped you, Jackie, like that's enough. You know, I mean, the fact that it helped one other human, like, yay. How, how meaningful is that mm. to have helped one other person? And then you think about like how many other people there might be. Wow. But even if it's one person, even if it's your kid, even if it's your parent, even if it's your dog, like whatever, who cares? Like we don't have to do it on this mass scale. It's just this idea of like, stop being, stop being selfish, get out of your own way and be brave and be generous with what, whatever it is you have to share. And don't, you, you don't get to be the judge of that. Mm. Okay. I'll get off the soapbox now. <laughs> But, you know, I really do feel that. I really do. Yeah. I feel like very spicy about that because I see a lot of people shit talking themselves and saying, oh, well, I'm just going to sit here and wallow in my own self-doubt and I don't know what to do with my life and I don't know mm. what my purpose is. And like, none of us do. Just get out here. Yeah. yeah. Get in the sandbox. I have to say that's, that is something that I tell myself a lot. It's like, you're just out here for the one person. Yeah. It's the one person. Yeah. And you know, if you bring it back to your example of me finding your book, I mean, this is what has come from it. <laughs> so being able to, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll never know the impact you have on someone's yes. life. Yes. Well said. Um, but, you know, in those, in those other circumstances like this one, you do, and you get to form a beautiful relationship mm -hmm. and have, really fun conversations and, you know, who knows wherever else it could take you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, you just said it so well without all of the. <laughs> Do yeah. we need to meditate? <laughs> oh my God. Well, I just get, you know, I get fired up about it. Cause it's like, I see a lot of people with gifts to give. Totally. They yeah. were just sitting on the sidelines because they're afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. And I think we just really have to reframe that not only for our own sense of fulfillment and meaning in life, but because I do think we're all here to just like help each other Yeah. in whatever way that is. And it doesn't have to be on this grand scale, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that also can just help us get out of ruts is like being, being of service. Yes. If we're in a rut, 
so often it's because we're stuck in our own experience and our own head. And it's really such a gift to be able to remind yourself of like, how can I be of service today? You know, we all have this superpower to be able to help each other and to be able yeah. to uplift each other. And that's why we were joking earlier that I'm like a, um, pep talk. I, I like want to be a professional pep talker, <laughs> yeah. um, but I really do mean that because I'm like you, everybody has this. I say this to my kids all the time. You have a superpower. You get to, you get to choose how you make people feel every day and you can either tear people down or you can build people up. So we need more people building up other people. We need more people like that in this world. So go be human sunshine. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, there's enough people out in this world throwing shade. Yeah. Go throw some light. Anyway, I kind of took us off track, but. Not at all. Thanks for going on that journey with me. <laughs> go where it flows. Tell us about the meditation that we're doing today. Okay. So today we'll do a really simple practice that just balances the brain and the nervous system. And what that can do is basically bring you into a state of more focus, which is one of the benefits of meditation is being able to direct your attention consciously um, and so it's a very simple practice, but a wonderful one for being able to focus your attention. Um, and that has an onflow effect into, into your life. So something that's important to remember is that how your meditation feels while you're doing it is less important than the impact that it's having off the cushion or off the mat, right? So keep that in mind because I think also people over-prioritize how meditation feels in the moment and they don't appreciate enough the value that it brings to their life off of, off of the cushion. And you, Jackie said that, you know, the first night that you meditated, you felt differently the next day. Right. And so probably when you were actually meditating, you weren't like, oh, this is great. I'm doing great. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So just remember, it's a practice, literally, it is a practice of returning your attention to the focal point over and over again. So you're just doing those meditation sit-ups and um, that builds muscle. And that muscle is useful in life because you get to choose what you attend to. So shall we do it? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so find a supportive way of sitting for yourself. And so for everybody, that's different. So just know that there are options. You don't want to sit cross-legged on the floor if that is not comfortable for you. Because what we're trying to do in setting up ourselves in a meditation posture is create comfort because if our body is uncomfortable then our mind will be distracted by that and we we want to try and eliminate the things that we need to attend to right so taking the time to set up well is really important if you are sitting on the floor in a cross-legged position 
please use a firm cushion or even a folded blanket, like a quilt or a yoga blanket. And you want to put your sit bones on the edge of that so that you're sort of cascading forward so that the hips are slightly higher than the knees. And that creates length in the spine, but also, which is important from an energetic perspective, according to the yoga tradition, but also the that allows the belly to be soft and the the whole abdomen to sort of be spacious so that the diaphragm can move freely when you're breathing and that influences the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic nervous system which is that rest and digest mode that we want to be into so knowing that um you can choose to sit on the floor or if you're in a chair you just want to you don't want to lean back you want to sort of scoot forward again to create that length and spaciousness in the abdomen and the torso so you can kind of scoot forward if you're in a chair and maybe rock side to side and pull out the fleshy part of your seat so that you can feel the sit bones connect and you can put a cushion behind your back um, or two cushions, depending on sort of how deep the chair is to give yourself a little bit of support in the lower back and then plant the, the feet on the floor. If you are vertically challenged, like I am, <laughs> AKA short, you can put yoga blocks under your feet or books. Um, so that is all of those things are sort of worth gathering. If you need to push pause and gather some, some props for yourself, please do so. When you do have everything you need to be comfortable, just go ahead and settle in, aligning the head, the neck, and the trunk over the base of the spine. You can go ahead and close the eyes if that's comfortable for you today. If not, then you can just rest to the gaze somewhere, a steady, soft gaze on the, maybe on the floor beneath, sort of in front of you. If it is comfortable to close the eyes, that can help us begin to direct our attention inward and tuck the chin slightly. This helps to quiet the mind, creates length in the back of the neck. You can rest the hands on the thighs or knees and just place the palms face down today. Just begin by Sensing all of your energy, all of your attention. So sensing all of the different thoughts that you're having, everything that sort of happened in the day to this point, see them all as sort of extensions of you, little threads that are out in the world, or even little browser windows. And just pull those threads in one by one, or you can even X out the browser windows, just noticing where your attention has been directed to this point today. Just for the next few moments, consciously closing down those browsers, reeling in those threads of your attention and energy, and bringing them back to yourself. And then begin to notice the sounds in the space around you. Notice the sounds in the distance. Notice any sounds in the building that you're in. Noticing the sounds in the room. 
And then noticing the very gentle, subtle sound of your own breath. And begin by following the breath as it moves in the nostrils. Just sensing the temperature and texture of the breath as it moves in through the nostrils. Noticing that the air is slightly cooler on inhale. Noticing that the air is slightly warmer on exhale. Begin to follow the pathway of the breath up through the nostrils. Following the pathway of the breath from the nostrils all the way up into the nasal cavity, following it to the point between the eyebrows. And then following that flow back down and out through the nostrils. Following the breath, moving in through the nostrils, up the nasal passages, sensing the place where the two streams meet, the point between the eyebrows, just above the bridge of the nose. Following the path of the breath, as it moves simultaneously through both nostrils, nasal passages, then connects at the point between the eyebrows, moves back down through the nasal passages and out through the nostrils. Now, please begin to see or sense the breath flowing alternately in and out of the nostrils. So see, sense, or feel the breath moving in through the left nostril, up to the point between the eyebrows, and then moving down and out through the right nostril. Then follow the breath as it moves in through the right nostril, up to the point between the eyebrows, and then descends through the left nostril. Continue to watch this flow alternating from side to side, inhaling the left up to the point between the eyebrows and down and out the right on exhale. Inhale right, exhale left, inhale left, exhale right, inhale right. Exhale left. Continue in this pattern at your own pace, taking all the time that you need. When the mind wanders, simply return your attention to the flow of the breath as you see, sense, or feel it flowing in this inverted V in through the left, out right, in right, out left.
As you become more and more attuned to the air flowing in and out of the nose, begin to sense the more subtle aspect of the breath, that perhaps there is more than just air moving in and out of the nose, sensing the energy, the presence, the vitality riding on the breath. Begin to sense the space, the point between the eyebrows, filling with the presence or energy or vitality that rides on the breath. Sensing that the energy, presence, or even light riding on the breath begins to collect at this point between the eyebrows. See, sense, or feel this space between the eyebrows, saturated with this heightened awareness, a focused, concentrated point of energy at the point between the eyebrows, might feel like a vibration, a sense of presence, even a feeling of magnetism. Relax the technique of the mental alternate nostril breathing. Just allow the breath to return to a natural flow. Rest in presence in this place between the eyebrows. Resting your attention, the point between the eyebrows. Feeling a sense of presence, a vibration or throbbing or magnetic feeling, or just trusting. This presence has heightened the point between the eyebrows. Resting in presence, brain balanced, single pointed, concentrated focus. Allow the breath to deepen. Maybe wiggle the toes, see the breath moving down into the torso, into the legs, into the soles of the feet. And bring a slight smile to the lips, keeping the eyes closed. And from this place of single pointed focus, take a moment to consider what you will choose to focus on today what you will attend to. You have the opportunity to move through the rest of your day with conscious attention. So 
So take a moment to consider what is worthy of your attention, your energy, and your focus. How will you use these inner resources of attention and energy? Noticing what threads of attention will weave together to create a sense of satisfaction and meaning at the end of the day. What thought patterns will lift you higher? Choosing not just how you attend to the outer world, but also how you attend to your inner landscape. So just intending to bring this conscious attention with you into the rest of your day. And tuck the chin, bring the hands together, palm to palm, create a little bit of heat in the hands by rubbing them together. Place the palms over the eyes, open the eyes into the palms, take a deep breath in, and then lower the palms slowly, bringing the gaze back into the space around you. Just noticing how you feel. Thank you for sitting with me. How are you feeling, Jackie? Oh, so good. Thank you. I really love that. <clears throat> Watching the breath. Mm. For me, it just... It really, I mean, we're so, it's not something that we think about. I mean, obviously it's autonomous. We, we don't need to think about how to breathe, but there's something about bringing our attention to it mm. and then feeling it through the nostrils. It gives me, I mean, this might sound weird, but it gives me this sense of power over my own body. It's That's really, exactly what it does. Yeah, it's <laughs> it doesn't uh, sound great. weird. Achieved. Nailed it. <laughs> Tick. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Amazing. Well done. Yeah. And it's one of those things that the more that you do it, the more subtle your experience of it becomes. Mm. Right? So when I say things like presence or light or energy that you're following the flow of something, that there's something more than just air, mm. your sensitivity to that becomes heightened over time. And so it's worth, it's worth doing again and again and again. And that is, you know, that's mental alternate nostril breathing. You can also do that technique. You could do the same practice, but manually closing the nostrils. Um, but I like that as a starting point because you can do it again. You can do it anytime, anywhere. You don't need to make any, you know, physical movements. So it's a wonderful way to balance the brain balance the left and right hemispheres of the brain and it also creates energetic balance between the solar and lunar channels in the body according to yoga and ayurveda so if you're looking to create just a sense of evenness and balance which is a wonderful foundation for focus then that's a beautiful 
practice to, to do anytime. And, um, and anytime that you're looking to sort of re regroup and create a pause, a conscious pause in your day, Mm. like we were talking about, you know, just interrupt the momentum of your day with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like sometimes, you know, there, you know, we were speaking about misconceptions beforehand and the misconception around, you know, meditation is only to Zen out or it'll put you to sleep or this sort of thing. But, you know, coming out of that was like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel this sense of calm, but right now, Mm -hmm. like that, what's that? Like 30 seconds. I'm like, (laughs) eyes are bug eyed open, (laughs) like ready to take on the day. It's just, yeah. Powerful stuff. Yeah. It's powerful because it, I think it helps you, you know, regroup again. Mm. And it's like calling all of that, calling all of those sort of tendrils of your attention back to yourself. And you go, wow, I was, I was sending energy out, mental energy out to a lot of different places. But when you kind of can reel that in, not only is it going to kind of restore you because you're not just like wasting energy, but also you get to decide what am I going to direct? How am I going to direct my attention moving forward? And that's a really powerful place to be. But also to your point, one of the reasons that I really love the tradition that I study in and teach, which is the Himalayan tradition, tantric meditation is that it's very prescriptive. So if we want to generate a specific feeling we want to generate our state in a specific direction then then there's different practices to use for that and again it comes back to that sense of agency and like you said I felt like I you said I changed my state or I changed my body the way my body felt that's exactly what's so beautiful about these practices is that it gives you a sense of agency over your experience and so if you don't like the way that you're feeling right now change it Mm -hmm. Right. So if you were looking to like build a sense of self-confidence, there's a practice for that. If you want to create focus, do something like this. If you want to, you know, sort of build a sense of creativity, we can do this kind of practice. There's all of these different sort of directions that we can move ourselves in skillfully when we have these tools at our disposal. So it's not to your point, it's not just about like, oh, I'm just going to chill out. Mm-hmm these practices are transformative and they can move us in many different directions, which is so, I think it's so exciting. That's why meditation is so, I'm so jazzed about it is like, not only do you just feel better in general, but like you can actually really use it to your advantage to move yourself forward in a conscious direction with your life and create transformation. Absolutely. If people want to meditate with you, Caitlin, how can they do that? Oh, thank you, Jackie. You can find me in my app, um, which is heavily meditated app. And there's tons of meditation and breath and also yoga nidra practices. Yoga nidra is a form of deep, deep relaxation, which is fabulous. And I highly recommend everyone use that technique as well. Um, and I'm also adding video to the app in the next couple of months. So that's going to be exciting. Super Um, exciting. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. 
Um, and also I run courses and workshops, which you can find details on my website, caitlinkatie.com. And if you're looking for sort of a handbook to get started or return to a meditation practice, my book heavily meditated is available out in the world and on audiobook. Um, and yeah, I would love to, to get the hear copy. from you. So say that again, you got to get the hard copy. I know it's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is so beautiful. I love it too. Um, but yeah, and if you have questions about what we talked about today or your practice today, you can find me on Instagram and just shoot me a DM or send me an email, um, Caitlin at CaitlinKatie.com or at CaitlinKatie on Instagram. Love to hear from fellow meditators. Amazing. You are so wonderful and I absolutely love talking to you every time you come on and I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. I Thank really you. appreciate you, Caitlin. Oh, likewise. I mirror that gratitude and admiration back to you, my friend. Thank you for having me. Always such a joy to be with you. That was Caitlin Katie. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I loved chatting with her. If you're a fan of meditation, I would love to hear from you. If you are someone who just does not think that meditation is for them, I would also love to hear from you. And I'd also love to hear how you went with that meditation at the end. If that was your first time meditating or whether it was your umpteenth time and how you really enjoyed that one. I'd love to know because um, meditation is so much more than the act of doing it. And so when you do it consistently, everything else benefits from it. And that's that's what's so beautiful about it. And you'll, um, you, I mean, I, I speak from experience and obviously through my story, you, you know where I come from now and, and why I believe in it so much and why it's played such a huge part in my life. Um, so I'd really love to know, is it something that you do consistently? Is it something that you like the idea of doing, but just haven't yet? Um, I would love to know, please get in touch. Uh, and if this is a conversation that you really enjoyed and, um, you know, someone else would benefit from it, then I would so appreciate you sharing this episode with, with them, with your friends, with your family, because it really does help continue to, to build this podcast. So I appreciate that so much. If, meditation is something that you do want to start then check out Caitlin's app heavily meditated the thing that I love about the app is that it does have meditations that are short and I think that's the most daunting thing about meditation is we think that we have to be sitting there for like 30 minutes or even an hour um, to get the benefits but it's not like that at all she's got really short ones five seven minutes um, sit there, take the time to to really try and um, sit in with yourself, uh, tune into you and see what comes up for you because, you know, this is as well about self-discovery um, and self-trust as it is about calming the mind and the nervous system as well. So check it out. She's got some, she's got great meditations on there. There's a free version. And of course there's a paid version. Um, you'll get so much out of it. I can guarantee. 
So once again, I really appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Have the best day, week, month, and year. Stay awesome. We'll catch you next time.